Meridian is, you know, the largest healthcare provider in, in Roanoke in my market. And we've been able to settle those out at 25 cents on the dollar just by asking. And I was shocked the first time it worked. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Um, we did Welcome, top producing agents and investors nationwide. Today is Thursday, May 21st, 2020, and this is Mastermind Call number 279. We've got a full queue, so let's go to our first caller. First up this week is phone number ending in 3172. You're up first. Hello, gentlemen. Joe Lehman in Montgomery, Alabama. Hi, Joe. What's up, first? Joe? Oh, we're, we're just cranking away, cranking away. Good. Right. But before I ask my question, though, I, I want to pay you guys a compliment. I changed real estate companies, and from my first contact with customer service to the time that I had back in my hand my new brochures, including getting all the letters changed, the website changed, the brochures done and printed, and to me, it took 11 days. It was great service. Good, well, thank good you, to hear. Yeah, thank you, Joe. I appreciate that. So uh, my question is, I have a personal representative who is handling the estate of a friend, and he did not have much of a chance to, to go through things with the friend before the friend passed away, and he believes that there are assets that he hasn't found any paperwork on uh, that the uh, deceased has. How, how do you do asset tracing or asset searching or trying to find other assets that a person may have had when they passed away? What type of assets, Joe? Well, uh, he, he thinks there's some investments, perhaps some stocks, bonds. He also believes that there may be a, a place in Panama City that that he he had. Um, of course, the, the person that passed away is in Montgomery, Alabama, but he's, he, he's not at all sure about that real estate in Panama City. He, know. he knows that at one time, his friend owned a place in Panama City. He doesn't know if he sold it or what happened to it. He can't find any paperwork indicating that it's sold. So he really can't find any paperwork on that at all. Um, so it's it's really he really wants to. So the real estate is the easy one. Obviously, just go yeah. to the county website for whatever county Panama City's in. I can't remember. Um, Broward. Yeah, so go to Broward and, and look up, you know, look up, do a name search. If, do you think he owned it in his name or an entity? That, now, that I don't know. I'll ask the personal representative. If he, owned it, if he owned it in his name, it could be fairly easy to find. <clears throat> um, if it was in an entity, it may be more difficult. But if, he, if it was in an entity, likely there would be, there would be paperwork and documentations of that. But um, you could also contact us. He could also contact the State Corporation Commission, 
and just ask if, if there's any known entities under that name. Um, and then make sure that he didn't have any LLCs or S-Corps or anything like that. As far as stocks, bonds, you know, retirement, insurance, your, your best bet uh, is going to be talking to anyone who would have known him, anyone in his sphere of influence that might have known if he ever met with a financial advisor or, or somebody. Um, and also you may, you know, if, if you have access to his emails, you may be able to find if you if you do a search through the email if you can log in like almost any email has a robust search feature and you could put in things like uh you know stocks bonds treasuries equities anything like that and it may bring stuff up in his email where he if because he's probably has gotten statements and if you're not finding paper statements there may there may be email statements um so those are just some ideas you could try but I think your your best bet is, you know, not many people die without friends or family. And most people talk to their friends about, you know, the things that are important. So just have him try to reach out to other friends that he knew that he had contact with and ask if they ever heard him talk about investing in stocks or bonds or anything like that and who it might have been with. Okay. And I'll, uh, I'll chime in there. It's Bruce here. Um, you can also have a good accountant do an IRS audit. A lot of stocks and bonds will um, will report your earnings. Not all, but a lot will report your earnings. And if you do an IRS audit on him or any entities that could be found, um, that accountant can turn over a, a chart of accounts that have been turned into the IRS. As a matter of fact, I'm looking at one right now. And how do you initiate that with a CPA? I've never done that, Bruce. Tell us, yeah, tell us more about it. Like You initiate with a CPA and then... With the CPA, and um, if you need a CPA that specifically does that, um, you guys could just email me at bruce at allthelease.com, and I'll connect you with a CPA that that tracks down assets like that. Do you know the cost? Um, Is it hourly? Yeah, it's about, it's about $300 to um, chase down per person or per entity. Well, that's a great pointer. You know, I learned something. There you go, Joe. Yep. That sounds like the best answer. Okay. I appreciate that. And, uh, Bruce, we may be sending you an email then. Sounds good. That's not going to work with real estate, by the way. That's just for the additional no. assets. Yeah. Wow. I understand. Got it. Perfect. All right. And, Thank you, Joe. And, appreciate you, buddy. More, another question? Yeah. No, I got a, a, I've got an absentee PR that I'm listing his mother's home, a, a commercial lot, and six residential lots. Nice. Wow. So, we're well. I guess we'll eight listings will qualify you for win of the week, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> have Have you taken them yet, or you're just in the process, Joe? Uh, I'm in the process, uh, so I'll have to report to you when I get them. I'm going to see the house tomorrow. I've been out and seen the two lots. We've discussed the lots, and I got to find out a couple other things about a couple other things about the lots, and then send him the paperwork on those. So, uh, yeah. But you know, it's make make the calls, folks. Make the calls to those leads. You're going to find stuff. Yep. Great job, buddy. I report yeah. back next week, and you're a lock on winner of the week. Once you get them. All right, thank you. All right, buddy. Thanks a lot. Next up is phone number ending in 4240. You're up next. 
Yes, hi. So I'm in, located in Los Angeles, and um, our courts are still closed, and when talking to leads and trying to get them to do things to prep the property before, I wanted to understand what sort of leeway do they have in terms of spending money? If they have the money, are they able to spend their own and get reimbursed by the estate later? And what kind of process do they need to get approval from their attorney? So until they have their the initial hearing, the confirmation hearing, they don't have the letter of testamentary. So they don't have the authority to, to unless their name was already on the bank account and that bank account had a transfer on death clause, um, then yeah. they could potentially they could potentially have access, legal access, and use that money. A lot of folks don't have that. So if, if they don't, then they have to wait until they have the letters testamentary to gain access to the bank account or open a bank account in some cases. Um, but they can use their own money, and they can invoice the estate, and that's one of the top lines. Like, it'll be paid with the, the administration costs along with the attorney. So if, if they just if they had to spend money to preserve, you know, property, real or, or private property or personal property, um, you know, then, then they can invoice the estate through the probate attorney. Okay. Is there any issue with them, like, just – spending like should is it only to preserve the state like are they not allowed to start doing like painting and things like that that would be discretionary because they don't technically have the approval yet so I would just have they chosen an attorney have they chosen a what an attorney a probate yeah, attorney. They already have an attorney yeah so I would have them clear it with him or her um, okay. just make sure that, that they know what's happening and that that's you know, that they have, like, have them ask the attorney how they would like to handle it. Just say, listen, we would like to go ahead and get started and be at the front of the line when this thing opens. So how yeah. should we, how would you like us to invoice um, for, for the, the, you know, the, exp the personal expenditures we're putting into the estate? And let's let the attorney answer that for them. Okay. And then is there anything else that they can be doing prior to the courts opening back up? that doesn't require spending? I mean, there's not a whole lot. Um, like, I mean, you know, staging, like staging the personal property that's going to be sold, you can stage that for a sale in the garage, or you could even move it if, if you're selling through an estate sale company that, that you know, uh, that has warehouse space, like if they're going to sell it, you know, on their in their space. You could move things as long as you have a proper inventory um, and you can keep track of that property. You could get the house cleaned out so you could start doing the repairs and getting it fixed up. But nothing can really be sold that um, you shouldn't, uh, unless the attorney tells you otherwise, unless there's some sort of exemption or exception that's been made because of the, the situation. Yeah. Um, really just getting the house cleaned out and, and taken, you know, prepped for, for everything is about the most you can do right now. Um, okay. So. Okay, sounds good. Thank you. All right. Next up, another familiar uh, name, the phone number ending in – oh, no, she's up next. <laughs> next up is phone number ending in 3423. Three. You're up next. Are you there? Sounds like you're doing the dishes. We can hear you. Phone number ending in 3423. Three. Are, you, are you there? Uh, yes, but I don't have any questions. I'm oh, okay. Listening today. 
All right, finish your dishes. Sorry and, about that. <laughs> no, no, no problem at all. Not a problem. Next up is phone number ending at nine four zero five. You're up next. Hey, thanks for taking my call. This is Brad. I'm in San Diego. Hey, Brad. Uh, so I'm now going through my leads, like a second month, a third month, and I'm finding with a number of them that uh, all I get is their voicemail and whatever time of day it is. So do you leave a second voicemail message or a third voicemail message? And the question on top of that is, have, have you had any people had any success doing emails to people? Um, so voicemail really depends on the frequency, like how aggressive you're calling. It sounds like you're, are you calling once a month? Um, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll call them two, three times, you know, during that when I, when I get that, you know, I'm kind of on different days, different times. Uh, yeah. But pretty, pretty, pretty much, you know, two, three times a month. Kind of, so like my rule of thumb is if you're like, leave a voicemail every two weeks, anything more than that can start to get annoying and it can work against you. Like these folks, that's, these are, these leads aren't like most, they, they are highly, highly motivated, but when they're ready to be, there's a lot of, you know, there's, there's a lot of emotion wrapped up in this and usually one day they'll have a breakthrough. So frequency is very important, um, and if, if you're going, you know, if you're leaving voicemail, if you're calling every day for the first two weeks, leave a voicemail the first day, and then just keep calling, right. and chances are you'll hit them before that two-week mark before you would leave another voicemail. Um, and as far as the, the message, if you are go... You if the, you, if, are you leaving the same voicemail? That's what I was going to say. So. I, I always Sorry. leave the same one. Um, just leave it very general. It's there's on allbeleads.com in the top right. There's a search bar. If you put in voicemail, just in that search and hit enter, it'll bring up a tips from the trainer post that that that, that explains this and and at length. But this, the best voicemail I've ever had, the highest callback rates I've had is, hey, this is Chad. I sent you a letter last week or last month. Just wanted to make sure you received it and you understood why why I sent that. Please give me a call at five four zero one two three four. And I found that I mean I would drop that to all five numbers each time that I did it, and no one ever called and said, "Why do you leave me multiple messages?" or "Why do you always say the same thing?" Never did I ever hear that, which was surprising to me, but I never did. So that's the one that I got the best callback rate on. It was about two percent callback. So you can't, you know, voicemails, it's just in modern times, voicemail, most people just don't return voicemails, but you absolutely should leave them um, at least one per month at the very minimum, you know, if you're making that call. As far as email, also in the search bar in the top right, if you just type in email or email marketing, there's another tip from the trainer video where I show you the exact copy and everything, but... Um, you can just simply right-click in our CRM. If you just right-click, it'll open in whatever email client you're using. And I use I show you in that video how to use Gmail. <clears throat> and they used to call them canned responses. I think they recently switched the name to templates. But it, you just simply just jump down to the, the email, right-click. It opens in your in your Gmail. Go to template hit that and click send and within five seconds you can have an email out the door and it's an individual so you're not going to get in trouble it, it's you know you're not going to get get spammed or anything um, we have had folks that, that have had really good success with email 
Uh, the one thing I would say, if if you don't have a lot of, you know, if, if you have never, have you ever, keep it brief. Email is not for selling. Email is to get somebody on the phone, in my opinion. Um, so instead of these big long form emails that most people send, just send something brief and say, hey, I'm, I, you know, well, watch that video. You'll see the exact copy that I recommend. It's okay. very general. But the idea is the same as the voicemail. You want to create enough curiosity, like what exactly is this guy doing and why is he, why is he trying to reach me? Because that's, that gives you a higher likelihood of your callback, of making contact with him. So just my, my advice is don't try to sell over email. Just use email to start the conversation, and you, you do your work on the phone. So we're definitely not sending the same letter that sending in the, in the mail where it's pretty, you know, it's definitely a few paragraphs long. No, I, I don't. I think that, like I said, I, I consider email like voicemail. It's the only, I, I don't think I'm ever going to do a deal over email. What I want is the email to prompt them to pick up the phone and call me or to jump on my calendar as a less threatening call to action. So if you use a tool like Calendly, which I love and it's free, um, you can just you're, you're, you can say, hey, listen, I'm you know we actually visited the probate clerk this this month and every month, and we reach out to families early to see if there's many ways we can help. It just starts with a short conversation to see what your goals are and what help you we we might be able to provide. Um, please jump on my calendar here for a quick 10 minute phone call, and set up a slot that's like you know uh, a, a personal representative um, initial call, and then have. You could even do other calls. You could have, you know, like uh, probate review or, you know, you could use that. So if they see those different call types, they'll be like, oh, this guy has, he does a 10-minute call, a 30-minute call, a 60-minute call. Like you could have probate attorney right. call, um, like probate attorney consultation. So they see that you're actually working with people at, a, at, a, at different levels. So you're, you're going you're gonna to point them to the, the non-threatening 10-minute introductory call. And what I would recommend is set it, let it, let it show up as a 10-minute call, but give yourself a 20-minute buffer, and they won't see that. They'll think they're only committing to 10 minutes. But when you get in poor and you're having a good conversation, your calendar will, Calendly will buffer your, buffer you for the additional 20 minutes. So you're, it's actually a 30-minute spot, but you're just asking them for a simple 10-minute commitment. And I find those can be even stronger calls to action because people will go book themselves in your calendar before they will call you. Um, so you can try variations of that. Try say, you know, one, the first email might be give me a call. The second email might be jump on my calendar or vice versa. But keep them to a couple of sentences with a very, make them concise with a clear call to action like call me, get on my calendar, you know, go to this website. And then just leave it at that, just plain text, no, no graphics, short and to the point, and that's where you'll find your best results. Okay, and the name of that, Calendly? So C-A-L-E-N-D-L-Y, Calendly.com. Okay, great. It'll change your life, man. All righty. <laughs> All right, thank you. <laughs> Life-changing experience, Calendly. Uh, next up is phone number ending in 6338. You're up next. Hey, guys, this is Chad. Uh, hey, Chad. Quick, quick hey, question about the um, website uh, builder that you guys offer. Um, I just want to find out how, um, how much uh, you guys take control over building that. Is that just a 
I pay the fee, and um, a week later I have a website. I just don't have the time to kind of fiddle with it and build it um, or the experience. Tim, you want to take that one? Is Tim here? So I'll do it. Uh, if okay. he might have to go. Um, so yes, we have a we have a web team, and we handle everything. So we'll we'll actually even get your domain, set up your hosting, install WordPress, um, apply the the you know build the site based on your brand. Um, if you don't have a logo, we can even help. We can even design the logo for you. If you already have an existing website, we will exactly match up your branding and colors. Create. We even create an interface. We can add your your core website to the menu of the WordPress, so they can seamlessly bounce back and forth and won't even know that. Most people don't, okay. won't even notice. Um, it will be mobile responsive, and it is on WordPress, so we can you know it, you can use it as a blog platform if you want to customize it. Um, if you want custom pages, like a custom about page or a testimonials page, uh, we can, so basically we'll show you the demo sites that we have. You can say, okay, that looks good as it is, just match my colors up. Or you can say, hey, here's what I want to do to mine. Um, so just call the main number and ask for uh, our website team, or you can email support at alltheleads.com and ask for the same. And so someone will reach out to you, probably Lizzie. Um, we'll reach out and or, or Emmett, and they can make sure that they understand what you need and give you a quote if there's any custom work on top of. Normally, it's $199 to set up your site and build it, and then $39 a month. Um, and then if you add any customization, then it's, trust me, it's very, very reasonable for a, custom, for a WordPress, you know, site build. But yes, yeah, everything you said, you don't, you don't have to lift a finger, and you can have a website in a week for sure. Yeah, good. That's what I, I was hoping you'd say. Now, does that uh, you guys can build in the calendar feature that you were just talking about on the last call, the calendar? Uh, we could. If that, that, that would be that would be an example of one of the custom things. So we can help you. We can set up a calendar and, and integrate it. It's very easy to do with WordPress. Okay. And what do you think about putting a um, a video on that website? I have that on my personal website where it's just put as many on there um, as you can. Okay, you, are, you recommend it. Absolutely. And okay. what I recommend, we've talked about this on several of, our, of these calls, what I recommend is go to the county courthouse on a, on a quiet, like Sunday afternoon, Sunday mornings are great. But set up like where, if you can see the, the name of the, the you know, the, 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 the county seal or whatever the title is on the building. It's a place that they're intimately familiar with because they've, in a time of grievance, they've been there in the last month or, or maybe in the last week. So they're going to identify with that. They're going to see that and think, think, oh, my gosh, this guy's the real deal. He's right here in town. That's the courthouse we were in last week. So set up in front of the courthouse and address them the same way you, you would if your sister said, hey, my, my boyfriend's mother just lost her husband. She would like to talk to you. Like address them like that, like it's a referral. So it's, it's a very, very non-like it's, it's more casual than professional. Like, hey, my name's Chad. I'm standing right here in front of the Roanoke County Courthouse. We come down here once a month to meet with the clerk to find out which families are going through this, and we reach out. Chances are you got our letter. That's where why you found your way to this site. I want to invite you to look around. Right below, you can find a link to my calendar. 
um, when you're ready to talk, please just, just click that button and jump on the calendar. I will call you at whatever time you choose. Or there's a number at the top of the site. You can call me at any time. But please take some time, look around, uh, look through the FAQs. A lot of people find that really helpful if this is the first time they've ever been the administrator. And uh, just just let us know how we can help. There's we, We've never met a family that we couldn't help. And no matter what it is that might be bothering you, we have a solution and a team member that can that can definitely take that off your plate. So jump on my calendar below. Call me at the number above. The choice is yours. Thanks for visiting. And just something like that that's, that's casual and not, you know, don't try to script it. Don't try to read it off of cue cards or anything. Just be yourself. And those are very effective um, because they can look at you and they can identify with you as a person. It's not just another cold website they're visiting. So I'm a huge fan of videos on home pages. Great. Thanks for the info, Chad. Thank you. Next up is phone number ending in 2596. You're up next. Good morning, gentlemen. Thank you very much for these calls. I really appreciate them. They're, they're terrific. My name is Barry Mangan. I work in California. Uh, Silicon Valley, San Jose, and the Bay Area. Um, I currently work in uh, two adjacent counties because I wasn't able to get leads from my own county. Um, and it's, I think we lost you, Barry. Chad, can you hear yeah, him? A, yes, I can, Jim. Hello? Okay. Jim, Jim uh, the problem yeah. on your line. Oh, it's on my line. Okay, sorry, Barry. You cut out on my line. It must be me. Keep going. Sorry about that. Okay. Uh -huh. So I'm working in two adjacent counties, um, so they're kind of out of my neighborhood, but uh, I'm hoping to be able to get count, uh, leads from my own county. But in the meantime, I'm noticing that uh, for some time and now even more, I'm seeing republications of the same cases. So I'm wondering what uh, insights you have about that. And then as a second question, I see public administrators showing up on some of these leads. Uh, and Chad, you've you've mentioned running at the impediment or the the obstacle, and I like that uh, thought. Um, do you find that it's uh, also useful to go contact the public administrator and tell them what you're doing, introduce yourself? Absolutely, and you actually have a very active um, fiduciary tra uh, professional group right there in San Jose. So for 300 and I think it's three and a quarter in, in your market, you can actually become an affiliate member and go to their meetings. So you can get to know all of these people. And I would suggest find some unique value that you can bring to them. Um, okay. you know, teach them teach them what you're doing in your real estate business to attract, you know, to attract the conversations and, and, and earn that business. And they can do that too. Now, you could be creating competition, but it's unlikely because they're usually overwhelmed. They have heavy caseload. They don't have time to do everything you do to provide all these services to build a team. What's likely is they're going to go, oh, my gosh, I could do that, or I could just be his buddy and let him do it for me, and I can close cases quickly, right? more quickly. Uh -huh. So absolutely reach out to every one of the public administrators, fiduciaries, uh, go to those trade, trade groups or networking groups, get to know them, find any way you can to just bring value to them, something that nobody's ever okay. done. If you just join and sit in the corner and be like, oh, hi, I'm a realtor. Thanks for having me. You're probably not going to get <laughs> much out of it. But go there and think, what are these people missing? What did they not talk about that I think they should have? Like, well, how can I help them close files faster, 
maximize the equity for the estate and and delegate more of the tasks that they have to do because they have all the same stress points as a family. They're just more used to it. It's like us. It's less emo. It's not emotional. It's a business transaction. So show them anything you can show them that will will get a case closed quicker and help the the estate retain more equity. And they should be interested in. Um, so maybe go to the first meeting and just introduce yourself and and observe. And then the next month you'll be ready to deliver some real value and. It could be, you know, as far as like telling them what's going on in the real estate market because they're not they're not necessarily real estate professionals. So if you can bring that value and like guys, listen, I, I you know I'm obviously here to learn from you guys. Um, I want to help you learn about the real estate market and reciprocate the value that I'm getting here. So here's what I'm seeing in, in San Jose and and then you know San Francisco and whatever counties you're in. And just give them an overview and say, here's what's happening with the days on market. Here's what's happening with closings. Here's what's happening with lending. So as you're talking to your clients, you can help them understand. And by the way, if anyone has real estate needs, if if they need someone to help them value a home, yada, yada, don't forget, I'm here. And, you know, just remind them that, that so you can bring real estate information to those meetings that would be relevant to them. Um, like, you know, number of listings on the market, days on market, absorption rate, things that affect the valuation for the families. And you can also show them urgency. If you say, listen, you know, as we've opened back up, prices have began to compress. We've seen 12% losses in, in San Francisco, only 9% in San Jose. My advice is, you know, in order to maximize the equity in all these estates that you're working, you should get the real estate on the market quickly because it does look like the market's softening. And they're gonna, they're gonna, of course, they're gonna find value in that because their their fiduciary responsibility is to get the most out of the assets for the estate. So those those can be really great relationships. Um, up in Marin County, one of our our longest term subscribers, he gets thirty leads a month, and he's doing five six closings. Um, you know, over a million dollars in revenue a year, and uh, probably forty percent of that comes from fiduciaries. Um, and he gets a number from attorneys, and then obviously he does his marketing as well. Um, so it can it can nearly double your you know your your results, your conversion rate by building those relationships. Great, great. And what about the republications of these cases? Is it because they're so, not done properly or uh, because I'm they guessing, couldn't get the hearings? Or? I'm guessing it's human error. It, it is rare, but it has happened before. So we basically, like let's say we, we, get, we were at the courthouse on April 15th. So we got everything from, uh, you know, March 15th to April 15th. And then and we should go back, when we go back in May, we should start at April 15th and come to May 15th. Maybe the, the researcher actually overlapped and went back too far and gathered other leads that you've already gotten. Um, the, well, I've the seen one thing these that, in the newspaper. They're showing up in the newspaper, and, the, and I've, oh. I've been keeping track of the local ones, and they were published months before. And you can tell from the uh, the case filing number, you know, they may be a couple hundred, few hundred apart. They're much they're much older cases. Is there a different docket number on on the duplicate? I didn't. No, the docket number is the same, but the date of publications are are uh, different. They're so it, they're like it must be later. it must be because they issued a continuance. 
and that actually didn't come up, you know, because they had a, a date, a court date scheduled, and then that got kicked that two be. to four months. It's it's less in your area. It's like a two month delay. So what's probably mm-hmm. happening is they republish those because they're now coming back up on the on the court bucket. Um, I've never heard of that happening, but I think that's probably it's it's probably you know because of the situation we're in, because they actually didn't but go the, through the court yet, they're republishing that maybe. But the approach would be the same to the PRs? Yes. Okay, great. So thank All you right. very much. I did have one conversation with one of the fiduciaries, and it was a delightful conversation, so I, I agree with you. I'm going to have to uh, see if I can. They won't be having meetings right now, but um, maybe they'll be having telephone meetings. I'm sure they're probably doing uh, well, Zoom meetings. It's pretty easy to, you know, to transition something like that over to Zoom. Okay. Thank you so much. I really appreciate your input. All right. Thank you, Barry. Next up is phone number ending in 9425. You're up next. Are you there? Phone number ending in 9425. All right, we're going to 9425. No, 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 we got just saved and going, going, gone. We got you. <laughs> How you doing, sir? Go ahead. Good. Uh, Eduardo, Phoenix, Arizona, just started uh, a month uh, after the test of lead that came in. Yesterday I had my first appointment, um, and a family that uh, the parents passed away, the eldest got the house, now the the, the eldest uh, sister passed uh, last November, and there are one sister and three brothers that, you know, that are heirs. There's no will. They filed for probate. Um, they don't have a, an attorney. There's only one house, apparently. Uh, we saw the house, 200, about 200000 that's what it's worth, but there's a lien, a medical lien from access, from treatment from the original owner, the you know, the mother of them all. And when I spoke with them, they said it's about 130k. I didn't expect it to be that high. Uh, have you come across anything like that? It, like, is that negotiable? Uh, uh, would they need a, a lawyer to negotiate? They do have power of attorney. They might. They might not. I've actually had so Carillion is you know the largest healthcare provider in, in Roanoke in my market, and we've been able to settle those out at 25 cents on the dollar just by asking. And I was shocked the first time it worked, and I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Um, we didn't even have to use an attorney. We had the, the, the PR call the hospital and say, listen, there's, you know, money's tight. There's just not enough to go around. Like, what's what's the least you can take on this so we can get you paid today? And they they sent us a, they sent escrow. Um, uh, I don't know what the, the document would have been called, but basically they, you know, we took a 20, uh, let's say a twenty thousand dollar debt and got it paid off for five grand um i've had really good luck in hospitals right now believe it or not i mean it's, it's one of those things i didn't really see that being affected but they have not been able to do elective procedures so they're hurting for cash um hospitals have major cash flow issues right now so they're probably more likely now than ever to settle those out and get some get whatever you know bird in the hands worth in the bush um, so mm-hmm. I would certainly certainly have the administrator reach out to the, the hospital administrator and just ask what's what's the, the the best they can do on that so they can get you know enable and they can settle out everything 
um, the house is the only real asset, and they have to pay for everything with that, and their their lien is almost as much as the value of the home. So what's the best they can do? And for us, we didn't make the offer. That was their response was 25 cents on the dollar, which was shocking to me, but it worked. Yeah. Okay. So another thing, how long did the mother pass away? Uh, it's been a while. Uh, I think, you know, years. I don't, know, I don't remember how years? many years. Okay. But, so yeah. you, you want for to, her service. Um, check. Yeah, you may want to check with uh, with an attorney on the state statute of limitations and see if um, it, it, it might be possible that that has ex- that, that that bill should have expired. But well, I may have I may have misheard Bruce, but the way I heard him is the mother passed away. It went to the oldest child, then the oldest child passed away, and that's whose estate's being probated now. Isn't that right? Yeah. Yes. So so the oldest child passed away in November. And the lien has been there all alone in the house. Oh, so it is, it is the mother's lien. So how did the lien yes. survive the title transfer from mother to son? Well, uh, that's a good point. I don't, I don't know how that got handled. I know, you know all that I saw is a power of attorney that you know they they showed me, uh, and you know I, I don't know how I I remember seeing in the title. Uh, you know, when I see the the deed, it shows mother, father, and and the eldest daughter's name, the three of them, on title. Oh, so, so you're it's likely you're going to have to probate the mother's estate. It sounds like they didn't probate the estate, so there was no title transfer, and that's why the lien remained. And so, yeah. Bruce, to Bruce's point, yes, you should look into state law and see if that was ten years ago. Maybe they don't even owe them. Um, or, you know, maybe they, they just have to release the lien. So, but you're probably going to have to advise them to, that they have to retroactively probate the mother's estate to get her and the fa- and maybe potentially the father to get them off of title, and then probate the oldest sibling's estate. Then they can sell the house. This is a really good but, referral opportunity for you. You mentioned they don't have an attorney. Um, yeah. They, yeah. You, get them involved with an attorney that can that can help with this because I referred them grand. Yeah, the problem is that they, they they don't have any any money. All they all there is is a house, so they don't they don't want to call an attorney. I already referred them to one. That they want to do it all along, but it looks like you know it, it's very complex. They will need someone. Remind them how expensive it is if they do it incorrectly. And a lot of people who, who go pro se without an attorney that think they're saving money, they end up paying a much higher legal cost because they, they, they get, they create the spaghetti ball and then they have to hire an attorney to unravel that mess. So it, it's usually not in the family's best interest unless it's a very straightforward, you know, deal. And this one sounds like, it sounds like they didn't understand that should have probated the mother's estate and potentially they didn't even probate the father's estate. So they may mm-hmm. have to go open probate on both the mother and the father in order to connect the chain of title through. So mother, father, oldest sibling, and then this current, and then, then you can sell the asset. You can finally close the chain of title. So for them to do that on their own, I, and unless they've done it before, I wouldn't really suggest that I would suggest they hire an attorney. And the attorney will most likely, if, if there's just nothing there, the attorney will most likely do the work, and, and you know, they're paid on the top line, so they're going to get the proceeds when the house is sold. 
And that's a really good motivation for them to negotiate that lien down so they know there's enough money to go around. Mm -hmm. All right. All right. Perfect. All right. Next up is phone number ending in 5852. You're up next. Yes. Hi. I have a question. Like when I was going over my lead and I ran across a lot of do not call, and then uh, what is another way that I can reach out to these, uh, the personal representative? And there's no email there? Hello? Uh, obviously direct mail um, is, uh, I'm assuming, are you, are you mailing each of your, the personal reps? Yes, I have. The, you guys are sending those out for, for us, um, but uh, no response. And uh, so what I did with yeah. one person, uh, it was a secondary number, and it happened to be the ex-wife of the mother that had passed away, and she was really free, was really happy about giving out a whole lot of information until she reached the, her ex-husband. But the ex-husband, the story here is that the ex-husband moved into the house that the mother who passed away is in. And the personal representative happened to be an 18-year-old granddaughter. Uh, they do not want to uh, do anything. And so it's like uh, he's stuck between a what's it, rock and a hard place. And he really wants to stay in the house because it's his mother's house. Uh, he doesn't have financing or anything. So I didn't know really how to handle that call for, you know, for him. But he, do you have investors? Do you have cash buyers? Do I have cash buyers? Yeah. Uh, no, but I can find them. He doesn't want to so sell the house. Well, this is a good opportunity for you to sell the house to a cash buyer and then let the cash buyer owner finance it back to him to make 12, 10, 12% on his money. Well, so actually, with him living, with that person living there, you might not, you, you're not going to get that high of a yield. I think you can go five points above, above current lending rates, um, but let's just say you might be able to get them to 8% interest. So if you have a cash buyer that's that's not making moves on anything right now because they're afraid of value correction, which there's a whole lot of those, um, a lot of guys are looking for alternative investments because they're not willing to flip a house in this environment. So you t you could you know say listen I'm gonna I want to I'll sell you this house and then you can owner finance it back to the the, the guy that's living there, um, and make eight percent on your money. Now some investors are gonna be like yeah sure give me twenty five percent down, but if you have a guy that has, that is flush with cash that is just sitting there, um, you can that can be a very attractive offer to them. Mm, yeah. yeah, and the thing is, well, uh, yeah, I understand what you're saying, but this guy doesn't work too. So how can he, you know, we could do sell it back for him? So, um, so I yeah, I mean, is he is he on fixed income? Does he get SSI or anything? No, what what he said, he's 56 years old, and what happened? He had to uh, come off his job to, to, because he was uh, on drugs or something. So he's just living there. The house is paid off. And he just moved in when his mom had passed away, and his father had passed away. So he doesn't have any income coming in, and he can't reach his niece who is living through it, the 18-year-old. Uh, so it's just like they want him out, and he's behind on property tax for four years. So 
So what do you do? In so what situation? I would recommend is you need to call a social worker and get him a good place to live. Like help help him help connect him with a social worker who will help him find get a HUD voucher and find a safe place to live away from drugs, and then help the family get that asset sold. He's he's not going to buy that house and he's not going to be able to stay there if if the other heirs want to sell and he's not in charge. You know he's eventually going to get thrown out. It's either it's either going to be on his own accord because you provided him a better living situation, or the sheriff is going to do it. Hey, Chad, we've had eight people jump in the queue in the last five minutes. We're not going to get to everyone. Are you – do you have a call at the top of the hour? You're good for a few yeah, minutes? Okay, we'll go We'll go a little bit over. Um, next up is a familiar name, phone ding, number ending in 6248. You're up next. Good morning. It's Joyce from uh, Orange County, California. Hey, I Joyce. Had a list of, uh, hi, good morning. I had a, a listing appointment yesterday. Uh, and believe it or not, the call came from a letter and flyer that I sent a year ago. Nice. <laughs> but um, the um, the gentleman that I met with over Zoom asked me what the commission would be, and I uh, I told him it would be six percent, three percent for me, and three percent for me, and three percent for the buyer agent. And he said um, that that would not work for him, and he would like to lower that significantly. And it caught me off guard, and I really didn't know what to suggest. I'm wondering if you could tell me what I Sure. So first of all, and I believe in your county, Joyce, you're actually capped by, by state law. You're capped at 5% um, in, in your market. Um, but you can so and then the response when somebody tries that with me, my and I'm sure Bruce will have a good answer for this too. But my the one that really puts people back on their heels that I enjoy I really enjoy delivering is oh well, help me understand what I've done to actually devalue my service before you've even heard about it. <laughs> or or at, at what point did you did you decide I was worth less? When I hadn't even told you what I charged, and they and they will they will apologize all over themselves. They're like, oh, and it's it's because like a lot of time, and and usually you move right past it and hand them the blue pen. Um, Bruce, I think you're probably bursting. I know you have a response for that. Don't you? <laughs> oh man, I was I was uh, jumping out of my skin here. All right, so um, this is. Require a little bit of um, a little bit of forethought on your on your end, thinking about what you can offer. But personally, I've all for many years I've used a menu of services with different prices. And when someone asks me my commission, I I just simply say, hey, you know what? I have a menu of services, and depending on uh, on the level of service you need and the level of promotion and marketing that you need for your house, it can it can vary from anywhere from 1% up to 4%. Let's sit down, and I'll show you what I can do, and we'll pick the plan that best, sit, uh, best fits your needs. And being able to show them a menu, showing the, show them multiple options, uh, really eliminates them negotiating. They, they pick whichever one they think is going to sell their house and net them the most. And if they pick one that I disagree with, I'll frequently say, how about... I meet in the middle of these two options that give you the highest level of service. And, and Bruce, I'm assuming, 
I'm assuming you're factoring that's plus the 3% to the selling agent, right? You're just talking about the listing side of the commission being 1 to 4. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So if you if that, you yeah. does that help, great. Joyce? Immensely, thank you. Are you there? We lost Joyce. I'm here. Yeah, on your side. All right. Chad, are you there? Yeah, the, it's your line, not hers. Hello, is it my turn? Yes, it is your turn. I think Jim can't hear us, so go ahead. Okay. Hey, Chad, um, calling from New York here. Um, is there any, are there any plans in the future about maybe personalizing the attention, the detail more to individual states? Because I find that probate is so different in each state. Um, like, I mean, so wildly different. And it's, it's like sometimes, um, the things don't apply here because, you know, every state does things differently. So um, every county. Um, so I just want to know if that's coming on board. Um, it would be, you know, it would be helpful. But, like, my real question is, um, you know, for the past year or I've been seriously targeting attorneys. Like, I made a mug that I drop off them. I do, like, I did some lunch and learns. Um, I have not gotten one listing from an attorney. I send a monthly email to them. Like, it seems like there's a different system down here in New York. That's what I, you know, where those things don't work. The out, because I've spent a lot of money and time on outreach. And while I get my listings through heirs or executors, like the lawyer thing just does not work at all. And it's a big, it, it's it's a really, it really helps if you do get like one or two attorneys on your side, like it can make your business. And, um, and I'm having, I'm really struggling with that part. So we have hours of help for you here. Uh, if you go to alltheleads.com in the top right search bar, Put in the word attorney, and you're going to find mastermind calls, role play calls, blog posts, tips from the trainer, videos. Um, I've done the first it thing, all. I've 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 read most of it, and like ask me. Have you, have you watched the Have you watched the interview with John Fraker, the probate attorney in Northern yes. California? Okay. Yes, and there was so, another well, that's one. Good. So the so tell me, are, are you going into these attorneys uh, like are you presenting the value that your business provides to theirs, like how you complement their business, or are you just is it like look at these great mugs and and by the way I'm a realtor and one of the best, or are you actually no. going and approaching it? Uh, no, definitely approaching it like with how you know we have services to help maximize the sale, fixing up, you know we'll even cover the cost, you pay us back. Um, just tons of, you know, but I think there's like, I honestly, I think there's an underlying thing in New York in terms of, you know, either a lot of attorneys, they sell it themselves or they have a specific person that they send it to for a kickback, a some sort of legal kickback. I really think it's, it's, there's, but because I've done everything, I and I've gone in there, I've practiced my. Have you plan. led with a referral? So it's hard to get to some. They don't want 
a closing, you know, that doesn't make money for them. They want no, 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 an estate planning referral. Yes. So it's you've heard of you've heard us talk about that, right? Yes, and I think that would work. Um, those aren't so. They don't. You know, how, how often do I meet someone who? I can really refer to do an estate plan. I try. I do try. Well, it, it's, I mean, it's cultivating, right? Like it's, it's not, it might take you, you may have to call, make a call, a round of calls through your, your past clients and say, listen, you know, I've had some time since we're not allowed to do much right now in, in New York. It's really given me time to kind of improve my love, my standard of service. And, and one of the things that we're doing throughout the rest of 2020 is we'd like to give each of our clients an opportunity to sit down and review their estate plan or look at what it might, what it looks like to have an estate plan with our legal team. Um, would you like to have an hour? Would you like to have an hour with our with one of our estate planning attorneys, and just get five or ten people to say yes, and then go out and split those across whichever attorneys you're you're most eager to build a relationship with, and go through the door giving giving something, not asking for something, and you mm -hmm. you should get a you should get a different response. Even if they have a favorite real estate agent, chances are they're not they're not cultivating those referrals and bringing them ready to go business like like you will be. Yeah, I think I think that's definitely the way to go more because every I've I've exhausted every other option. I think I need to bring them um referrals. I don't know how other people are doing it in other states. Like I've heard some success stories, but like it's it's just not working. I think it's, it's I think it's uh it's very difficult in the place where I'm at. Yeah, you know, something something will work, and you know, you, it's it's sometimes we, you know, you're in in different parts of this. Sometimes the water is muddy by the time we get there, right? Like so many other people have tried to, to reach out to the have reached out to these attorneys and haven't offered any real value, so they've they just kind of shut you down. They're like, yeah, whatever, leave, leave it on the desk. Send me a fax. Um, yeah, uh, so. There, there's always an approach that works, and even when that quits working, there will always be something else. You, we have to find what is uniquely valuable to them in your market, and I will t like they're not allowed to directly solicit for business. A lot of them, you know, they only get business from referrals, and they're probably hurting right now. I mean, uh, almost every business is so. They they should be very eager to to get your referrals and and sit down and naturally like when you start talking to them like listen you know I've got all these past clients but also help a lot of families in probate that's actually how I found your firm I saw how you guys were doing a lot of cases each month and we've been doing it for several months so it, it seemed like this was, you would be a good a good place to start to find the right person to work with my my live my living clients. Um, and naturally, that will segue into a, an organic conversation about what you actually do in probate. And don't be so don't be too eager to talk about you know, uh, you know don't be typical. Like find like find ways to remind them how your system actually gets files closed faster and retains more equity for the family. Because that's the, that's that's going to pique their interest, right? Well, if we can close files faster and we can make more money. This is someone. This she might be better than the realtor we've been giving our leads to that doesn't even you know check her email more than two times a week. All right, hey guys, apologize there, but I lost my internet. I think I may have cut Joyce off when I dropped out. Joyce, if so, sorry about that. Um, 
We have time, I think, for one more call. Last up this week is phone number ending in 8213. You're up last. Hey, gentlemen. How are you? Doing great. We saved the best for last. <laughs> I hope so. Um, no pressure. Uh, so I, I, I got a question from a, um, a client who, a developer client, uh, two days ago. He said, hey, look, I developed a lot on the East Coast, and now I want to start doing uh, projects in L.A. I want to start doing Hillside. Uh, please find me projects. Showed me proof of funds, so I saw they're legit. I, I checked them out with uh, a sphere of influence I have who actually uh, made the referral to me. Long story short, he said, look, I want you to, to find us a property. Um, you'll represent us on the purchase. Then you'll relist once we're done. But we, uh, And then we'll set everything up as far as your shares and all that stuff. I've never heard of anything like that. Uh, is that something you guys are familiar with? Hello? I'm sorry. Somebody walked up and spoke to me, so I missed the tail end of your oh. question. Bruce, if, if you heard it, can you um, please yeah, answer? Yep. Um, yeah, I think that uh, it sounds to me like they're potentially positioning to not do a traditional listing with you, but maybe cut you in on some of the profit or the ownership, which um, is not normal, but I've certainly seen it on, an, on numerous occasions. Um, well, he said so, he mentioned that he said we will pay you on the listing side, but because we want you involved, we'll also you know make sure that you get a part of the shares. So I just never heard of that, and I didn't even know if it was legal or not. So I, I you know, I, I didn't say yeah. anything at the time. But let me just look into it. You know, as a matter of so fact, he's right? he's offering you he's offering you equity in his new development company to incentivize you to do it, to find him the right build site and then you get the full commission. Yep, yes sir. Yeah. Not, he, not and, you, and you and you're you're asking cuz it sounds too good to be true. You're like that can't that can't be right. Is that uh, is that uh, the uh, it's a two-part question. It's, it's, is it too good to be true? And secondly, since he said, you know, we'll work everything out as far as your shares, um, do I need to prepare something? And do I need to get an attorney to look into that as far as how would you even draft something like that for shares? Just because I've never. No, just it just it just needs to be addressed in the operating agreement. I mean, that sounds like a great opportunity to me. Um, and okay. he, you know, obviously he wants to do it because if he knows if you have equity in the deal, you're going to be you're going to be pushing that project, right? And you're going to make yeah. sure you find the the right build site for him. So just just say, all right, great. Just have your attorney draft it up, um, you know. Uh, and you you obviously need to review the operating agreement and sign. So you'll have okay. an opportunity to work with that attorney, but he should pay for that. You shouldn't really, I mean, you might want to, once you get the operating agreement, you may want to pay an attorney to review that on your end. Yeah. Um, okay. But I, I wouldn't, I, I mean, I, I wouldn't be afraid of this deal. It sounds like a great opportunity for you. And you okay, shouldn't and have to, sorry, go you ahead. Shouldn't have, my, my you shouldn't have to draw, have anything drawn up. They should be the ones that provide everything. Uh, to me, it sounds like, they're not paying you to locate the property, but they're paying you on the back end, which is is all all they need to do to incentivize you to go get the right deal. Um, and I'm with Chad. I agree that this is a good opportunity for you. 
awesome. And and so then as far as if you have shares, then I would think that obviously when you list it, you would have to put um, that you have in that listing agent has, uh, I don't know what the verbiage would be, but like an interest in the property as in some, you, you know what I mean, to, to have uh, transparency. Is that the case? Yeah. You can, you just, just list as, you know, broker owner, uh, which isn't a big yeah. deal. It doesn't, it doesn't deter buyers. Okay. 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 Perfect. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, I just had no idea. It completely caught me off guard. I'm like, oh, I mean, I'll say yes, and then I'll figure it out. <laughs> so, by the way, man, give yourself a pat on the back. Like, developers don't just throw throw around equity that often. So they, they see a lot of value in you. Um, don't take that lightly. Like, this could turn into something Thanks. really great for you. Thank you. I appreciate it. I'll keep you guys posted. I really appreciate all of you. All right. And, guys, we appreciate all of you. I want to thank all of you for being here today. We had a great turnout. As always, we had great participation. I want to close this call like I always do. I want to challenge each of you. Take one idea, one thought, one thing you heard on today's call that inspired you. Go out and put it into practice and come back next Thursday and share your results with the group. Make it a great week, guys. Stay healthy, and we will talk to you the same time next Thursday. Take care.